Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. Okay, so I'm excited to have Joey Glock on the call today. Um, it's uh, probably feeling kind of nice after the the build momentum and the run up to be able to get everything ready to present what you are going to talk about in the podcast today. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. And I think it'll give you a little bit of a breather between build event and getting you on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Happy to happy to be here. It's uh, always good to have these discussions without the the pressure of the stage, you know. Yeah, and it's true. And you know, I've always found that having these kind of more candid discussions allows you to be a bit more free in how you talk about the technology and the things that might not have been able to come across in a more formal presentation in front of you know a few hundred people uh, on a stage. Yeah, actually, one compliment to you. It was great the way you handled that session. And so, for those that haven't uh, watched it, please go go our way and check it out in the show notes. But just how you pulled up the team and got them all presenting their little parts of it, I thought that was a really great way as a lead to to do that with the technology that you're announcing at that event. So, nice job. Thank you. It's reflective of the team and actually the state of that technology, right? Like with the a lot of this stuff is has been really fun to work on. When I say stuff, I mean AI and large language models and building a platform around that. It's been exciting to work on because everybody's learning and to learn all of this and the gravity of all this as it changes every month, every week, every day, it does take a team to kind of get specialized uh, and build stuff out. And uh, I wanted to make sure that was reflected on stage because these the the people that were on stage with me, you know, they, they do a lot of the heavy lifting. So it was good. To, it was good that we got the reception we did and I was really happy with how the session went. So you're in the Teams product group, and we've had plenty of Teams PMs on these calls. You know, a lot talking about APIs that are available in Teams and things like um, you know personal apps and live share. You know, message extensions have already been talked about at depth as well. Yeah. But for those that are maybe putting this into adding this extra piece in around like AI and Teams, can you talk a little bit about what you've now added as an, uh, an extensibility option for developers that? they can start doing right now with um, the toolkit? I guess backing up a small step, my team works on uh, what we call the conversational platform. So on Teams, Teams is a very conversational canvas. So we think about how we can build the best extensibility tools to extend the flow of conversation. So we work on bots. Uh, You mentioned message extensions. Uh, We work on adaptive cards and how you can unfurl links in a rich way. And increasingly, all of those components, you know, could stand to benefit from large language models. And, you know, bots is at the the forefront of that. I mean, ChatGPT kind of changed that overnight in the fall of last year. Um, So we, you know, we kind of expect that any collaboration platform, it's going to be table stakes to have intelligent tools running alongside chats and channels and meetings and just kind of simple chat channels and meetings are, are going to be behind what's expected from from end users. So to that end, uh, to your point, like how we've approached AI, we've kind of taken two what I would consider to be complementary approaches. You know, on one hand, one of the things we talked about at Build was how do we extend Microsoft's kind of centralized intelligence that we're calling Copilot? So how do you bring your apps experience into Copilot? And we talked a little bit about Copilot plugins. Uh, but one tool set that's available today is really the other approach that we're thinking, which is how do you bring intelligence and large language models into your conversational app that you can build today? Uh, so we launched the Teams AI library uh, at Build, and basically it's a very team-centric interface 
to uh, connecting your chatbots and your message extensions to LLMs. So like how the best way I've kind of used to to frame this is to say we've had bots in teams from like day one. And traditionally, bots are built with just kind of a set of declared commands that the, you know, you as a developer define up front. So if you do a task management app, maybe you do something like give me all my recent tasks, create a new task, edit a task, so on. So you define those commands up front. And then end users, if they use your bot inside of Teams, they have to kind of understand those commands. And they have to say, usually in very specific language, at taskbot, you know, create a task of format X, Y, and Z. And that's because traditionally natural language processing is really hard. Uh, but, but the problem is users find that to be a lot of friction and overhead, right? I mean, I don't, I don't really know exactly how your bot expects me to interact with you. And then I get frustrated and maybe I give up. Like it, it demos right. well on stage when you're typing in exactly what you know, yeah. it's going to be able to respond to, but you put it in the hands of an end user with no kind of cheat sheet and they're just lost like this bot's dumb as hell. That's exactly right. And so they, yeah, they're staring at a list of commands. And honestly, there are great use cases for it. There are businesses who run on those use cases. When people have repetitive tasks, you know, if you're a, a trader at a financial company, you kind of understand how to command tools. So that's awesome for that. But we just think the world of possibilities with bots is much more vast than that. And LLMs unlock it. So yeah, like I mentioned, I mean, previously, okay, I, I defined five commands. Users have to understand them. That's kind of the end of my bot interaction journey. But with large language models, you can still define those five commands, write your business logic behind those commands, and then basically put a LLM in between those commands in the end user. So let the language model handle all the complexities of the conversational aspects of an app, right? So if you've ever used, say, ChatGPT or you know uh, uh, Bing Chat, you can see how it's very conversational in nature out of the box. You talk to the language model and how large language models work is they comb through basically all of the information that's ever been <laughs> defined on the internet and uh, and then come up with a response back to you. So with our library, we basically let you put one of those uh, as your front door, your kind of conversational interface to your bot, and then let that language model prompt it with our library using human language as a developer, you literally prompt a bot to kind of guide the conversation into one of your commands, right? So instead of, th this is the canonical example that like, no pun intended, the light bulb went off for us is we built a light bot, right? And so a light bot in this world, the light bot could turn the lights on and turn the lights off. So previously you'd define two registered commands, lights on, lights off. And you'd expect the user to use them in their flow of conversation and interaction with your bot. Well, then we attached a large language model to it. And we basically prompted the large language model and said, hey, you are a helpful light bot that can help people turn lights on and off in their organization. That's what you do. Away you go. And we deployed that thing as a team spot. So now in, for me, the user, instead of having to say at light bot lights on, I say, hey, at light bot, what's up? And it says, hi, I'm a helpful light bot. I can help you turn the lights on and off. What would you like me to do? And you could say, turn the lights on. And then in the back end, we see it fired the lights on command, which then runs that business logic. And said, all right, we did that for you. Your lights are on. But what's really cool is you can start to say abstract things that are very expensive to write 
um, to, to kind of extract intention out of a user's sentiment. So you could tell the Lightbot with no coding, just using the power of AI and large language models, you can tell the Lightbot something like, it's awfully dark in here, can you help fix that? And the AI understands what you intended and they'll fire a light on command and then say, I fixed it for you by turning your lights on. We've even seen things like emergent behavior with the light bot. We've done things like say, flash the lights. Now I have written no lines of code to programmatically describe what flash the lights means, but it is language and the AI understands language. So we watched the AI respond by saying it issued a lights on command a lights off command, lights on, lights off. And it said, all right, I flashed the lights for you. So it like, it took a verb that we never coded and defined, but did the right thing. So that power of that, like blew our minds. This would have been, you know, in, in late 2022. And we said, okay, we got to build a library around this. So we got to let people, instead of turning lights on and off, you know, hook their real commands with their real business logic behind this. And then every step of the way, you know, we we're trying to consider how to do responsible AI. Like how can we make sure you're moderating those commands and um, moderating the responses that go back to the user? So it's always this balance of leveraging these models to handle the complexities of conversation, uh, but still staying in charge and checking those responses and flagging them appropriately and so on. Um, and just early on, you know, we, we launched this library at Build. The adoption and the creativity we've seen with you know, I, I gave you that lights example. If you could imagine every business logic that our entire developer community can do, it's it's really cool. And I, I don't think any of us have any idea like how far this could head in 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 terms of like boosting productivity in you know products like Teams because now you can talk to each other in Teams and you can also talk to these really helpful assistants and and get your stuff done all in the same flow. Yeah, I'd love the fact that you've made the bots intelligence to get around that challenge of the commanding aspect of it. I mean, there was definitely things that your team did to make it better, at, like suggesting here are the commands you can ask this travel bot or HR bot or whatever it was. But right. even that didn't really scale because obviously a bot at the end of the day is probably going to do more than two things, turn a light on, turn, you know, it's going to do a ton of things. And so you need that conversation to be able to help. And always drives me mad when you go to, you know, insurance company websites and don't call us, just use the bot to get your, and it's like, no, this just doesn't right. work. You know? Or even the phone ones where you like push zero and it's like, which is the cheap back door here I speak to a human because otherwise I'm spending 20 minutes trying to <laughs> yeah, get yeah. the system. You're just looking for that zero right. button. Yeah. <laughs> I always like on the podcast to kind of try and lose some of the own knowledge I have of like getting involved in this project in the last few months. And, you know, you've mentioned... You know, just plug it into an LLM, put that in between your APIs that you're commanding and, and teams. But in that instance, what does that actually mean? Like if I'm a, uh, a Microsoft 3D developer that's already been building bots with commands, you know, a lot of that is essentially a bot framework or I'm I'm manually coding it with, with .NET or some other library. What does it mean to just go get an LLM and plug it in? Like, do you have to make that or is there something off the shelf you can use? that magically knows about how to call APIs once you've described it? It's a good question. So if you're a bot developer that already has a bot with a list of commands, you don't have to throw that away. Again, this is actually all you'll have to build um, as far as your business logic goes. You write your light on and your light off command. When I say just a, put a LLM between you and the user, we basically, our library that we launched, the Teams AI library, 
um, lets you first define which large language model you want to use. Tell us your API. Tell us what it expects. Um, so that means you, you know, what we suggest is OpenAI's models. So GPT uh, 3.5 and GPT 4 are kind of the things that we see a lot of our community adopting. But we also understand that increasingly, a our other tech companies are going to launch large language models, and there's going to be uh, developers that find those you know, more useful. And and B, I think we think that um, large organizations are going to build line of business apps with their own models. They may fine tune and recreate their own models. All of it works from our, our standpoint. So basically, step one is we say, point us towards a large language model, and we will structure responses because we know how teams' responses come in, we know how to send them, and then we'll grab the response from the language model. We kind of abstract all of those complexities away. Just give us your API. Um, so that's step one. Step two then is basically tell us prompt that model uh, so that your bot behaves with a certain personality, right? So when I mentioned the light bot, it was a super simple prompt. I said, hey, you're a helpful light bot and you're going to run in Microsoft Teams. That's basically what the prompt is. We've done things like just with pointing, using our library to point a bot at ChatGPT 3 and 3.5 and a prompt and this is just in a very simple prompt file in English. We said the prompt was, you are Santa Claus. And then we hit deploy and the message came up and said, ho, 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 Merry Christmas uh, or something like that. And it was like, what would you like for Christmas? And I was talking to Santa Claus. And it's literally two. I didn't write any functional code. So step two is you prompt the bot. You tell it what their personality is. And then step three is you point that bot, that language model, and that personality, you basically say, here are all the actions that you can uh, that that you can perform. So attempt to guide the user into those actions. And that's where all those commands that you already have built and defined, that's where they'll live. And the language model will extract intent, and our library helps then connect it to one of your bot commands. So, you know, again, if you do file a task, give me my recent tasks, the language model will talk to the user and based on how you prompt it, will say something like, hey, I'll help you manage your tasks. What would you like to do? And the user might say, make a new one. Uh, you know, Jeremy wants to record a podcast next week. Uh, remind me to, to, to find some time for that. And it will then extract an intention of your create a new task and then just run the business logic for it and fill out all the properties for it appropriately. It's it's really robust and powerful. So the library basically do, does those three things. We say, give us, give us a language model, point us in the right direction, prompt it, literally write a paragraph of text. And those prompts, I mean, I'm oversimplifying it. Prompt engineering is about to become its own discipline. I, I, I genuinely believe we actually have a full-time prompt engineer on board on the team. That is what they do. Yeah, so that's Steve, right? Yeah, Steve. If you haven't had Steve on the podcast yet, he uh, will will talk to you about prompting for however long you want your podcast to run. You can run a six hour podcast if you want. He'll stay all night. Uh, he's he's really awesome, um, and he was the architect behind this. So yeah, you you prompt it, you write plain language, and then you tell us which commands you expect. That's it. It's all there is to it. It's extremely extremely straightforward. I. I myself have a super old computer science degree collecting dust back there, and I was able to program a bot um, very, very straightforward. And again, the, the creativity there between which language model you want to use, between how you prompt the bot, and then finally your business logic is is fascinating. It's it it's genuinely exciting to see like this, you know, the the traditional programming paradigms, deterministic programming, that'll all be in your business logic. That's probably what you as a developer are good at and care about, right? And then now there's this 
very new probabilistic programming model that's emerging around kind of more the art than the science where like, how do I define this prompt? And, you know, little tips, like if you encourage the, the, the bot and you tell it, it's an expert at something and it's very good at doing it. It literally does better than if you don't say those things. I mean, it is remarkable to interface with these, with these models. It has been funny. Like I, you know, there's various different things I've been using. And for those that, you know, I think a lot of people dabbled with this because if they're in the tech, they've, you know, what is this chat GPT and everything else. And my experience of people dabbling has been using Bing chat rather than Bing search um, or Google Bard. And, you know, that gives you that natural language thing. And I do find myself and even friends and family now using that versus a search box, which is chucking keywords in because it just gives you a natural flow of continuing the research around whatever you're looking into. But um, the one thing that I've seen has not had as much exposure, um, obviously, is like going and getting an open AI um, account and signing in and creating chats there and speaking to them there and then getting the premium one and using plugins there. Um, but the thing I missed, and so someone pointed out, after about a month of exploring, was the OpenAI Playground, which allows you to do that kind of, before you start the conversation, here's the way you prompt it. Um, and that's so you can kind of do that without even going into setting this stuff up with all the tooling you've got. And so the Santa Claus thing I've seen demoed a bunch of times now where you're setting up the LM before you go in and actually start using it. And and so I'd encourage everyone listening just to go and have a crack at that because that is free and you can go do that in the in the troll playgrounds. And I would add to that, the library is really designed around the exact same properties that you'll be tweaking and playing with in the playground. There are Right. And I noticed that with a manifest file that you have, right? It's exactly right. So you'll like you'll do things like I'll give you one example of what you could find in the playground is a property called temperature and temperature basically encourages the bot to be creative and and give you an answer no matter what or you know makes the bot very rigid and only answer when it's very confident depending on whether you turn that temperature dial up or down we have the same property in our library um and again just a fun story that uh emerged when we were developing is you know when we were learning about all these things we um we were in the playground, we were messing around with it and we turned the temperature all the way up, made it as most creative as it, it can be. And I said, how much money is in my bank account? And uh, actually, we actually started when I turned the temperature all the way down. I said, how much money is in my bank account? And it was like, I can't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that. Oh, okay. So then I turned the temperature all the way up, which kind of makes it give an answer, right? So I said, how much money is in my bank account? And it says, uh, well, where do you bank? Right. So now that I was like, I got to get play this out, but I'm not going to give it real answers. <laughs> so I said, okay, uh, I don't know. Wells Fargo. And it's like, all right, what's your username and password of your bank oh account? My Which is very funny. It's very funny because it's a language model. These things don't have access, at least not yet, you know, to, to making API calls or anything like that. It couldn't do anything with that information. It eventually made up a number. But the thing that was fascinating to me is those are the right questions to ask. If somebody told me how much money, I guess I would ask those questions. So anyway, when you're in that open AI playground, it's very fun to, to just kind of tweak that and other properties and, and also prompt the model to, again, kind of have a personality and behave in a certain way. And ultimately, when you're interfacing with Bing or Google Bard, that's what they've done too. They've tweaked those same properties behind their model and they've prompted the model. They've fine-tuned it as well. And you're just kind of interacting with with what they've done. And I think with our AI libraries, we're basically letting you build your own little co-pilots, your own little interfaces like that, um, and tailor make those interfaces to your business logic 
And I mean, that just makes it so that instead of being on that airline call chatbot thing where you're just like, let me talk to a person, you actually feel like you're having a natural conversation with something. And I genuinely believe that this perception of the rigid chatbot mirroring kind of the call tree uh, is going to change to something like these things are actually per- perhaps preferable because I can use my natural language and they have access to every possible action that, you know, in this case, a flight booking company can do. And it's it's very exciting to be thinking about and working in this space and, and to, to do it in teams where, you know, there's a vast scale of people using teams in unique ways that, you know, these assistants are absolutely needed by by users um, to help them get the work done. You, you know, ultimately, then I can spend less time in chat. I can spend less time in meetings and these things are going to help me do it. So I'm, yeah, I'm super excited to see where that goes. Uh, that's good. I love the passion you got around this. It's, it's awesome that someone like this is leading some of the, the, the touring on all this. So we mentioned the manifest and I'm assuming like a lot of those settings, temperature and whatever is in there. I'm assuming if I'm using the open AI, yeah, you know, if I'm using Azure open AI, there's some notion of a key and an API endpoint or something you have to plug into the manifest so it knows how to talk to the LMM. Is that right? Yep. So you'll define all that. You know, actually, the best way to do it, if you you want to abstract away which properties are in the manifest and which are in your functional code, the Teams toolkit is optimized for all of this uh, and is uh, built around the AI library now. So we've been closely integrating with the the good folks that develop our our Teams toolkit. Um, and they'll take you through all of that step by step. And absolutely, one part of that will be, you know, defining your your API key to be able to allow us to kind of pass through uh, Teams messages and talk to a language model. Again, we are modular to whatever LLM you want to use. Uh, we're not we're not locking you into any particular one. But Azure's OpenAI model is there's a lot of traction behind it. It's it's kind of like traditional Microsoft stuff, it does work better together. Uh, but we did want to give developers flexibility there. So yeah, you'll you'll point us to the API itself. You use your API key, and from there you'll literally start writing a text file with prompting, and you'll use our library to say where that text file is, and uh, then it's your business logic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so you know, one of the things that when I saw our build videos, the keynote and your sessions. That um, I I immediately put myself, and then standing in the the expo hall was talking. People was asking the same thing, which was, you know, what is the difference between this and what was demoed inside, you know, the the Microsoft three six five copilot? Like you talked a little bit earlier about building your own copilot, you know, it's and we've called it bot for the longest amount of time, and now you're making the bot truly AI driven and language language. It feels like a copilot, but how is that different to M365 Copilot and you know please tell me there's a good grow up story here if I start doing this now with the bits that are out there that this works when we get our hands on M365 Copilot absolutely so we principally again I I mentioned we have kind of two complementary surfaces with how we approached AI from the product team the kind of how the sausage is made a little bit was like we know that Microsoft is building a kind of centralized intelligent layer that we're calling Copilot um, and people are going to interface with that. We also know that we have an app model that people have already built. They built chatbots on, and they're going to want to bring intelligence into those. And there is 100% valid use cases for both of this. So our approach was let's let people build their app experiences as an extension 
or a plugin of our copilots. And if you're familiar with ChatGPT plugins, it's it's kind of a similar model there where you can connect external sources to ChatGPT and it kind of helps fill in the blanks where ChatGPT itself can provide an answer. So as we designed that model, we thought about what that would all look like. Then in, in parallel, we were building this AI library where we were saying, how do we bring intelligence into your app as it exists today, into your chatbot, into your message extension and across the board? And it quickly became emergent that these two experiences do not have to be different from one another, that these are complementary stories. And so our Copilot plugin model, what we talked about at Build is they'll use the same app components that you build in your team's model today. So concepts like a message extension, that same message extension can be surfaced in Copilot plugins. And the AI library helps you build not just a chatbot, but layer on message extensions and so on. So basically, it takes from the existing Teams app model and lets you do with very kind of minimal updates and effort, uh, lets you connect it to our centralized co-pilot. So the long story short of that is if you're out there and you're investing in a conversational app in Teams, if you're building a chatbot that uses LLMs to be useful in a, a particular Teams context, if you're building message extensions that let people inject adaptive cards and other rich information into your chat and meetings and so on. If you're out there doing all of that, those investments are going to accrue to our co-pilot plugin model. Um, and there'll be very kind of minimal overhead. It'll mostly be you writing prompts on top of your existing app components to tell our co-pilot how to interact with you, right? So it'll be more like English language instructions right. uh, built on all of the functional code you've already put out there to build a conversational app in teams so they are they're kind of more than complementary stories they're the same story um, so today the ai library exists we really encourage people to go out take advantage of all these features and as copilot plugins uh, come to the market you'll see that the same components you're building are going to work there and all you got to do is kind of do some rudimentary stitching uh, of that to, to our centralized copilot um, Again, literally instruct our copilot how to call your your apps. Uh, it's it, it's really cool to see that we've been I've been I've been on the platform for a handful of years now, and to kind of see us build all of these conversational app components from their primitives to layering in artificial intelligence, and then now to see that scale into how we build extensibility into our copilots is awesome to see. And I think uh, uh, the developers that are taking advantage of conversational elements today are going to see how easily those connect to copilot. So like I said, that was a principle from day one. We did not want to design some other app model, some other new add-in or plug-in uh, thing that you have to now consider in addition to your Teams app. They are one in the same, uh, a set of shared components in one shared library. We're very excited to see how that gets taken. Yeah, that's really cool. And so, you know, as I said earlier on, like this, this is all available now. If you've got a developer tenant and, you know, download the latest Teams toolkit, you can go create these things. And then, you know, we don't have dates because I mean, I'm sure everyone's listening is like, well, when are we going to have M365 Copilot? And when are, when is the, the plugin model going to be available there? Those dates aren't available yet. A build that was all kind of alluded to as the future. Um, but, you know, what Joey's been talking about today is like what's there currently and can start to be built with today. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to aka.ms slash teams-ai and that's got everything you need to know. Documentation, sample apps, the GitHub library, uh, link to our NPM. Uh, one thing I'll say is the the current Teams AI library is in JavaScript. So if you're a JavaScript developer, you are available today. 
We're very close with our C-sharp implementations. That'll be coming up next. And we're also working on a Python implementation as well. So you'll see this library just get more robust over time. And early feedback right now is is awesome. Our GitHub community has been great. We've been checking in PRs from folks that have found stuff. Um, and just, again, seeing the creativity for it. Like I, you know, oftentimes at work, I'm coming to work, I'm developing products, and sometimes you write a spec, and by the time it gets out into the world, you feel a little bit removed. You're working on another spec for another feature. And in this case, like working on a platform and seeing people, like I said, the creativity of the scenarios they come up with is has been really amazing because it's beyond kind of like what we stood around and whiteboarded and our our, you know, stupid little light bot that we were tinkering with. Now it's out there and there's people doing real stuff that's helping real people. Uh, at big organizations uh, has been really, really gratifying to see. Yeah, I know there's uh, the Hack Together events that have been going on and they're, they're actually in the process of coming up with the the winners for that series at the moment. So in future podcasts, we're going to be talking a little bit more about what was built and who won and so forth based on all the, using all these tools. So yeah, it must be exciting to see all, this, all your work coming out and being used in these scenarios. It's awesome. It's the, it's the best part of the job. I appreciate you going into detail and um, demithing some of the things that have been out there and, and and getting us all excited about this stuff. So we'll have to get you on later on to talk a bit more. I think I'm going to get some of your team members on to talk a little bit more in depth about some of these areas too. And most certainly staying on prompting because it's an area that yep. um, the more I hear these scenarios of like the Santa thing and the lights on thing and I'm sure he's got probably 10 up his sleeve that would interest this audience. I was going to say, put a fresh pot of coffee on before you get Steve going. You'll <laughs> be here for a while and in, in the best possible way. That's awesome. Well, excellent. Look, thank you for doing this, Joey. And uh, congrats again to you and your team. And uh, have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 